0: Now, this starts the month, the Hebrew month of Elul, E-L-U-L. And Elul, the word Elul in the Hebrew, means the vine. And so, we're we're in the first week of the Hebrew month of Elul, and the reading is Genesis 26, 1 through 16. And then Isaiah 65, 8 through 66, 8. So, we're going to read those, and then we'll see if we can make any sense out of them.
1: Um, before we start, can we kind of go back um, to, <clears throat> to Esau and, uh, I, I was hearing you last night say something about the, uh, that uh, Esau was the reason he was, uh, could give up his birthright so easily, it looked like it was
0: having the, uh, Having the skins. Skins. Right. Yeah Jacob and Esau were the two sons of Isaac. They were the only children of Isaac and they were twins and the word Jacob means supplanter and the word Esau means to do and Jacob was allegedly the child of the spirit saw through the natural and latched onto the spirit Jacob was a child of the natural and did everything he could to create the environment of the natural to be the best possible Um, There's a mystery that goes through the, the Bible and through ancient history and it's the skins that God made, allegedly made to cover Adam and Eve after they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil it's the only two things that god that the bible says god ever made and the ancient talmud describes these two skins with mythical powers they allegedly were the instrument by which the animals were kept in check in noah they they were the instrument by which nimrod got power over men and anyway there was one of the skins went through nimrod and the other one came through isaac and jacob I mean, Isaac, Abraham and Isaac. And Jacob was, it says, he was a child of the field. He, he stayed in the tents. He studied Torah. He didn't care anything about the natural. Esau uh, had, through because he was the firstborn, his father gave him, one of the skins, but he was greedy. He wanted the other one. So he took a band of people up and, and killed Nimrod and got both of the skins. And allegedly, I mean, the Talmud is full of these stories. They're great. Uh, about the, it's, If you can imagine, t- the only two things that God ever made, and these skins then were, were like precious above all things on the face of the earth. And whoever possessed the skins possessed the power of men. In other words, the power of control of men and the control of animals. And so uh, Nimrod, Jake, I mean, Esau killed (laughs) Nimrod, got both skins, therefore he had total power over the natural environment. And because of that, he sold his birthright, which was the promise of the spirit he sold the spirit to satisfy the desires of the flesh now the allegory of that is is that's what you do you you don't have these 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 powerful skins but in your process of life you sell the spirit to satisfy the natural and you do that until you find out that the natural doesn't the natural is all fucked up When you find that out, then you can return to your first love When you've done everything The only way you can come to God is to do everything that you else that you want to do If there's anything left that you want to do Then you can't you can't even hear God because all you'll do is to put God's name on your ridiculous plans And that's what it means to take his name in vain. So that story of Jacob and Esau is the allegory of what takes place in us. They're twins, just like you. We're twins. And God looks at us and he sees twins. He sees the spiritual you and he sees the physical you. Now the physical you has to be power first. You have to go and do everything in the universe that you desire to do. Or you have to get close enough to it to see that you don't want to do it. And when you've run out of all options, then you can begin to see spirit. And you begin to see through everything to see truth. Now, And so in ja- when Jacob's case, Esau's case, he had to get both skins. He had to get all power. And then he could give up the spiritual birthright that's why he sold it for pottage okay you guys aren't screaming most people walk out by this time
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, you don't, you don't want to argue or you're welcome to argue if you have anything to say speak up that's, that's the other the forum of synagogue which allegedly this is is to always encourage anyone that has anything to say to say it at any time. Okay? Unless I shout you down.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, Harry, read 26,
1: 1-16. And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went in, went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines under Gerar, and the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee, and unto thy seed, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham my father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And Isaac dwelled and Isaac in Baruch.
0: Okay. Everything, <coughs> everything in the Bible is connected with the word seed. And the word seed is the Hebrew word zeroah <coughs> and the Greek word sperma. And the promise, it says in Galatians, the promises of God go not to the seeds as of many, but to the one seed, which is Christ. Now again, to try to tie a loop, Christ wasn't a moral option. Christ, Jesus Christ, was a cosmic event that he isn't optional. He came into history at a time when all of the devices of the natural had been used up to perfect the flesh, to try to make the flesh and the senses perfect. I was, Melanie had, had several long talks about there's no such thing as evolution, and I can prove that to you. There's devolution. Man has devolved, not evolved, terribly. I mean, the powers of the ancients, we have. we can't even imagine the powers of the ancients. And we are so far below them that it isn't even worthy of discussion. And what's happened is that, our, is that our egos have, as we have devolved, our egos have progressively evolved. And so therefore we constantly think that we're getting better, even though all of the evidence indicates that the human race isn't getting better. It can get, it's getting better at playing technical games and being technocratic. But from all important value systems, it's getting worse. And from you as an individual, you're far worse than your ancestors. Now, you don't believe that, I know, because it goes against all... It goes against everything of your mind, because no matter how far you've been on this walk, you still secretly think that you're going to get better. No, no, probably nobody else does. You think that your problems are going to be solved, and you think that you're going to get to be a better person. You're not.
1: What do you mean we're worse than individually?
0: Well, in terms of your capability, your capacity for for understanding, your capacity for power, your capacity for all of the uh, the spirit, well, well the, the kind of things now, you know, like psycho- I mean, telekinesis, and telepathy and uh, All of the middle games were and all of the soul power were far far below But anyway Christ came into history at a point when the natural had gone its full cycle it couldn't get any better I mean it was like and so all of the process he came in as a mystery he and, and we've talked about this before But let me review it the ancient Jewish feast days are not optional either. They're an allegory for what takes place in you Christ was born Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit on the Feast of Hanukkah. he was born in the Feast of Rosh Hashanah he was baptized in the Feast of Yom Kippur. he was transfigured and turned the water into wine in the Feast of Tabernacles. he was crucified in the Feast of Passover he was buried in the Feast of Unleavened bread he completed the Sabbath in the grave. he rose from the dead on the Feast of firstfruits and his seed or sperma, was shed on all flesh in the day of Pentecost. So since the day of Pentecost, all flesh has simply been the container for the sperma of God. The human race is just sperm cells that can think, and talk, and build stuff, and <coughs> little plans. And but what's that Woody Allen movie that you tell me about? Where, what do you, oh, the the, the yeah, and then he played a sperm cell? Well, that's <laughs> what you are. You're playing a sperm cell. You're, but most of you are bad sperm cells. <laughs> but you just, I mean, human rights are just a bunch of sperm cells that run around and build cities, make little plans, have more sperm cells. But not, the human rights, to, to, from, from, from God's standpoint, is. He can. He, he, the human race cares no, God cares no more about the human race than you care about the sperm cells. Except the ones that do what? They join with an egg. And the egg is the mystical New Jerusalem, it's the overriding presence on us. Now, <coughs> at the cross, the promises of the natural were destroyed forever. There's no more concern with God for the natural Israel. Because now you, as the land, you if you if, again I don't know if I've talked about this to you, but you if you took the constituency of your body, it's the exact same percentage as the constituency of the elements and water and dust and the various minerals as is on the face of the earth. Your body is seventy percent water, same as the earth. You have the same amount of gold in you, you have the same amount immo- it's it's the, it's the same amount of it's 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 in general it's the same So you are the earth. And the promises of God are in earth, not on earth, as we've seen. And so this seed, this true identity, your true identity is Christ. You are Melanie in Christ form, Kitty in Christ form, Pete in Christ form, or Christ in Pete form. And the only way that that is revealed is when the crust is broken by failure. As long as you've succeeded you can't then then you're polishing the outside of the shell of the sperm cell when you fail the, the covering is broken and life can come forth so in a very real sense you were born to fail now that's what this is talking about I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven there's billions and billions and billions of stars in the heaven there's over a hundred billion stars systems that have the capacity to have life besides the hundreds of billions that don't have the capacity to have life now I mean the, if if this is applied to the natural Jews there's never been that many Jews if you pile them all one on top of the other since the time to- but if you pa- apply them to the human race as sperm cells, then there are. Because every sperm cell that man ejaculates has <coughs> in it the capacity for natural life and the capacity for spiritual life. Okay? So we got all this billions of stuff going on, but only one thing that God's concerned with. Okay, continue.
1: And the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, "She's my sister." I don't think we've heard this. <laughs> this is a repeat. Mm-hmm. For he feared to say she is my wife, lest said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out of, looked out at a window and saw. And behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebecca, his wife. You know what sporting is?
0: Sporting. <laughs> no, no, sporting isn't. Sporting is fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the only X-rated Bible study in the world. That's what but my Bible says, says. your Bible says fucking. Well, that's what it says in Hebrew. <laughs> it,
1: it says the better
0: text. To say fucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they've. they've See what 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 the translators did. What King James? You, there's a great book out. You ought to get a hold of it called "Translating for King James." And and it, and it goes into these great stories about what they did when they were translating these words. Hmm. They get sporty. I like, <laughs> <I> like sporty. <laughs> like they were their or something. Hey, sport. Hey, you want sport? Let's play a
1: game.
0: And Abimelech called Isaac. As, you got to remember that one. Yeah. You want to spark? <laughs> hey, hey, sport. sport. your favorite.
1: And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, she is thy wife. And how saidst thou she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, Lest I die for her. And Abimelech said, What is this thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lain with thy wife, and thou shouldest have brought guiltiness upon us. Right. And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham and his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much moneyier than we. Okay.
0: This is the... One of the reasons the Bible exists is <coughs> to show you how badly people mess up. Now we saw in Abraham there was a famine... And God had told him to stay in the land. And the first thing he did is he, as soon as the famine happened, he ran down to Egypt for help. And then the second thing that happened
1: is
0: (coughs) he sold his wife. I mean, he made, we're talking, he made big time mistakes. He constantly made mistakes. You know, God told him that he was going to have a child of the promise by Sarah, his wife. So what did he do? He went and he went into the tent. <laughs> he went into the tent with Hagar, and they didn't. They didn't go into the tent and have a Bible study. <laughs> but I mean, the point is, is that your comfort comes in reading this, so that you know that these people who are later, by, even by Christ, are called the models of the faith, the role models of life, the perfect Christian. They messed up as much as we do. But God is faithful if you continue in that path because the only thing that God honors is faith Do you see what I'm saying God doesn't give a flip what you do God wants you to be free And you'll mess up just like Abraham did just like Isaac did But in that messing up you will deny him, but he will be faithful the only time that God gets really ticked off is When you decide I'm gonna go on my own I'm gonna take this upon myself to do my ways are better So what did so what we have Isaac Isaac again is the child of the promise. He's the best type of Christ in the Old Testament His wife is Rebecca and we saw how God got him that wife and she's the most beautiful of all women on the face of the earth. She's the ideal of the ideal. And now, in the famine, they go to get help. Rather than he see, he messed up by going to the Abimelech. He should have waited on God. And because he messed up, he then fell into self. As soon as you go in, as soon as you move away from promise and go into self, then God causes your own worst fears to come upon you. It doesn't matter which arena it is, whether it's leaving the promise or selling your wife, but you your own worst fears will come upon you by His grace, so that you can see that you're in the wrong. You're on the wrong road. You're playing the wrong ball game. Well, that's the real lesson of this process of of, of Abimelech and and Isaac and getting his wife stolen again or sold or whatever he's done with her. Lightly laying, with. lightly laying with. Sporting lightly. Okay, do you, do you understand that process? And that's the real lesson of this. We could talk forever about all these little dealies here, but I don't feel like it tonight. We can maybe do it. Let's go to Isaiah 65. This was the reading for this same period. I mean, the, 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 this was the writings, the prophet reading is Isaiah 65, verse 8. <coughs> Sixty. Who's who? Uh, Louis Reed for a while. Sixty-five. What? One. One. I have sought of them that ask not for me. I have found of them that sought me not. Stop. Stop. I am sought of them that ask not for me. And I am found of them that sought me not. Now compare that concept with modern evangelism. <coughs> Passing out bumper stickers, make a decision for Jesus, or a decision for Mohammed, or You can't do it. As long as you have enough strength of character left to make a decision, you cannot find him. You will automatically choose a God which meets your own idolatry. There is no way you can accept Christ as your personal savior. There's no way you can accept Muhammad if you're in that arena. There's no way you can convert to Judaism by choice. You cannot ever go to the church of your choice and expect to be moved by God. Because when you choose, you will choose automatically to satisfy your own idolatry. And therefore that church... And you will stay there as long as your idols are fed. And you will stay in that system of thought as long as your idols are fed. But as soon Whatever it is, I don't care whether... Because, see, this isn't just talking about religion stuff. This is talking about your social stuff, your career stuff, your friend group stuff. It's everything. As long as you make a choice to join... You're going to choose automatically to join something that feeds your idols. So this is a critical point. I am found of them that asked not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I hope you understand the implications of it. It's big time. As long as you have the strength left to make a choice you will choose the wrong god i it gets the idea of free will Oh, there's no such thing as free will free will is the biggest illusion there ever was mm-hmm. but it's a comfortable illusion because <coughs> it really fits your idols does everybody understand that nobody wants to argue i, I hate it when nobody argues mm-hmm. with me
1: Harry? nothing to argue about. Mm-hmm. That was two years ago. Go back to <laughs> arguing about the restaurant. That was two years ago. I watched this, this mini-series last night, the Peter and Paul thing, and it was a great example, him riding to Damascus to kick ass on Christians. The kid's knocked down on the ground, and this light comes down out of heaven, and
0: He certainly wasn't seeking. Nor, nor asking. I mean, stop a minute and think: Would there be anybody in the world that would be crazy enough to choose this group to come (laughs) to? Crazy? I would choose this group. Yeah, Melanie, you chose. No, you can choose to come and evaluate for a minute, for a little bit of time. There's been, you know, in ten years, there's been hundreds of people. That came for a while, you know. The cliché is, you'll come for a thousand reasons, but you will stay for only one. Okay, continue. You were reading, huh? You were reading. No, I wasn't. Louis was. Oh, I'm sorry. You weren't. Louis was. <laughs> Everybody gets Louis and I confused. Well, it's the
1: same.
0: The new Louis. The, the speak- non-quiet the Louis. The speaking Louis. The speaking Louis. <laughs> mm. Louis, why don't you uh, continue? Behold me. Behold
1: me. <laughs> unto a nation that was not called by my name. Amen. I spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people
0: which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Okay, stop. By definition, God's def- definition of a way that you, which is not good is the way which is after your own thoughts. It is impossible for you to have God-thoughts. It's impossible for I mean every anytime you hear anytime you hear somebody have you know making a plan, then they say that God is in that plan, you run from them, including me. That's why the critical issue, the one that's most forgotten and the reason it was translated this way, Christ said the first requirement for his discipleship is that you deny yourself. Now, religion has taken that, deny yourself means you got to stop smoking, you got to stop sporting, you got to stop drinking, you got to stop, you know, whatever. Or And then you got to start doing this stuff. And yeah, give, give, give. Yeah, and then you got to sure. give money. <laughs> it doesn't work. Because the word deny means, it's a, it's a Greek word, apodeomai, and it means to take no thought for yourself at all. To take no thought for tomorrow, to abandon yourself to faith every second. Not to stop or start or, you know, stop doing something. So de- to deny yourself is to understand that it's impossible for you to have a worthy thought. Now, this one will take you a long time. The first thing that happens in the process, as we've talked about, that you need reminding, is you stop being a respecter of persons. You stop stop ranking people. And you stop responding to people by rank. You respond to the president in the same way you respond to the pauper. And, And you stop giving breath or importance to the ranking of people. That's the first thing, because... Then the second thing that happens is you stop giving respect to your circumstances it doesn't matter whether you're a street sweeper or a nuclear physicist or an MD or a carpenter it doesn't matter because in the spirit you're all doing holy service and holy holies and the third thing and the final thing to go is you stop being a respecter of your own thoughts whether they be good or bad you accept them as from the Father and you release them back you don't circumcise yourself you don't change yourself because your thoughts are not his thoughts uh, yeah. people this is us. are you where are you ready are you ready, are you ready? ready. <laughs> <laughs> a people you wait. wait a minute you gotta wait till he sits a down
1: a people a people that provoked me to anger continually to my face that sacrifice Sacrifices? It's easy gardens. for you to say. Sacrifices in <laughs> gardens and burneth incense upon altars of bread. Okay,
0: now read the next one and stop.
1: Which remains among the graves and lodge in the monuments, which eat swine's flesh and broth of abomin- abominable things is in their vessels.
0: Okay. Hmm. Stop a minute. I have spread out my hands all the day long unto a rebellious people which walketh in a way that was not good, after their own thoughts. A people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face that sacrificeth in gardens." Okay, the word gardens there is the is another word for the high place. It's the grove, and it's the high place in which the ancient pagans used to worship, where there was all the things. There was the altar of incense, the pillars the groves the temple prostitutes the tables of eating and it's what's and it's the picture of your subconscious mind you're, you're still walking provoking him to his face in the spirit because you're walking after your own ways worshiping at the false shrine you understand yes. and the false shrine is defined because you remain among the graves you are still worshiping the grave, which is your father's idolatry, your parents' idolatry, the value systems that you were born into. That that's where you're worshiping among the graves. The other thing that was always in the high place was it was a sepulcher.
1: Garden here means fenced in, protected place fe- of it's,
0: false strength. That's right. So, I mean, the more we study this thing about the High Places and the Pillars and the Groves, the more we're seeing that 90% of the Old Testament is about High Places. Mm -hmm. And it's about your High Places where you are still worshipping your Father's idols. If you had, most of you, you know, you're great Americans and you vote and all that, stuff, but you'd have been great Communists, you know, you'd have been great Maoists, it doesn't matter because you haven't truly evaluated your own identity. You have bought the lie. That's why, you remember that statistic? It's, it's a great statistic. i got to find that statistic. This is me finding a statistic. <clears throat> the age in which you're most susceptible to the revelation of God is the age in which you are the, at a point of rebellion the age in which the generation gap is the most manifested that's why almost every one of the disciples was a teenager except for Judas listen to this 19 about, 19 out of every 20 who become believers do so before they reach the age of 25 after the age of 25 only 1 in 10,000 become believers After the age of 35 only 1 in 50,000 become believers. After the age of 45 only 1 in 200,000 become believers. After the age of 55 only 1 in (coughs) 300,000. After the age of 65 only 1 in 500,000. After the age of 75 only 1 in 700,000... Why? because once you've passed the critical age when you were in a point of rebellion against the value systems of your culture and then you finally bought the lie you bought the system and you get more more and more and more and more and more entrenched in that system because you have to give your you have to worship your father's idolatry to give you your identity understand it
1: seems so crazy though because it seems like the closer you get to
0: the physical end the more i used to think that too my mother owns a rust home in arizona and when i when this experience (coughs) just happened to me in you know 72 and i went back to her and we finally made up and became friends i thought okay now i got all these old farts and they'll really understand I opened my mouth and they would all kill me. Because their whole identity is based on what ifs. And if you destroy the what ifs, they can't live. I stop. I'm quit. I don't understand what you mean if you destroy their what ifs. If you've spent very much time with old parts, um, their whole identity is past. I mean, you know, they they talk a great deal about memories of past, and and it's encouraged. But when you talk to them on a deeper level, they sense their own failure, but they rationalize that failure with what-ifs. If I had done this, or if I had made that decision, then I would have been successful. Or if I had done this, then my kids would have been nice. Or if I had only done this, then they don't recognize that everything had to be exactly as it was. Now, the sad part is, there's a whole lot of people in our generation who still lives are based in whatever. And that's when it's really sad, because then there, there, you know, there's no hope, because they hadn't had, they didn't have the courage to live out their dreams, so they base their life on what ifs, on supposition. And supposition. <clears throat> when they, when they can only see that the very fact that they failed was the great blessing, mm-hmm. because that gave them the opportunity for honesty, but they always covered it over in an instant. They couldn't afford the honesty. You know that's what we saw last night. Mm -hmm. Anybody have any needs? Prayer requests? (laughs) Take it, big guy. Mm -hmm.